I gave myself like a window of opportunity. And I said, if this doesn't work, then I can easily restart in something else. And I gave myself that opportunity and I really back against the wall mentality. Like if this isn't going to work, like I need to know what my options are, but I have to give it everything. listening to the Routine Project Podcast, where I, your host, Justin Crawford, am getting into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs, thought leaders, celebrities, and so many more with one mission in mind, understanding their routines so we can get into building the ones that make the most sense for us. This is the one podcast that's hyper-focused on routines and routines only. What's cool is I feel like we're learning with the guests of the show because sometimes they come on here and they don't even know that they have these routines. I'm excited you're here to learn something new, so thank you for clicking play wherever you're tuning in. Now here's today's episode. Hey everyone, you're tuning right back into the Routine Project Podcast. I hope you're ready to learn a little bit more about how to live a happy, healthy, wise lifestyle because I'm going to continue bringing you guests from all around the world, even though this one's sitting right across the 1105, whatever these highways are called in LA, he's on the other side of it. Uh, and I'm so excited to introduce you to Josh Elkin. He is not only a chef, but he's a creator, he's an entrepreneur, aka solopreneur, which we'll redefine here in just a moment. And you guys heard that with Case Kenny a couple of seasons ago. And so we'll revisit that with Josh today. Uh, He's an LA-based creator. He's been doing this thing for over a decade and has successfully built so many platforms that I believe you guys have to check out, which will be in the show links below. Uh, but first and foremost, Josh, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thank you so much. What a what an awesome introduction. Thanks for having me. I told Josh right before this, I was like, I typically don't write these introductions up. So I just chatted with Josh for a little bit, said, what's up, got to know him, and I created a little intro pop-up. So now you guys know how it's done. The, you are, you're really cool. And, and, and you know, what's <laughs> funny, your Instagram is where I found you. Uh, less of the follower, listen, I, less, you have so many followers, of course, right across all your platforms, but I was paying attention to your Instagram photo, right? You have two eggs, sunny side up. Is that what, is that how it looks, right? Those are, okay. yeah. you have two sunny side eggs up on your face and, and it's on, it's just beautifully done. And you, you, you aimed to not cut your hair off, which I think is great. You have such a high attention to detail, which is something we have to talk about. You're also very creative and you've massively been able to grow and I'm sure monetize your platforms, which is something a lot of people are very interested in today. But we should start from the beginning. You said about 13 years ago, uh, you got into this creation or creative thing, uh, with which was once a company you used to work for, and now uh, you're owning and operating your own. But take us back a little bit and give people some context as to where this all started for Josh Elkin. Okay. So first of all, this is an incredible freestyle. Like, wow. Uh, great job. Uh, I started doing uh, content creation, internet creation, pretty much at the beginning of monetization on youtube which was back in 2009 2010 when the term youtuber hadn't even existed yet and they kind of uh gave people the opportunity to earn adsense via google etc hmm. so group of friends and i i'm originally from canada and uh a group of which friends is why he's so nice <laughs> a group of friends and i uh, got together made a bunch of fun you know, uh, over the top gargantuous style food as a parody to cooking shows. Um, it was a comedic show that was making light of food creations, fast food, whatever it is. And even, even the term viral wasn't even, didn't even exist yet. 
mm-hmm. uh, back in t- 2009. So we did that. It got really popular. We kept doing it, uh, built a business around it. We, for a few years, were the number one online cooking show on the planet, mostly because there weren't really any other online cooking shows at the time. And I did that for about five years. And uh, there were some television shows in between that, which was really, really cool opportunities. And then I sort of transitioned into my own career of my own uh, creative way of looking at food and creating food, my own television shows and all that sort of stuff. And uh, through the ways of the internet and the adaption of all these new platforms and all these new social networks and uh, I've been able to sort of stay relevant since then. So, yeah. Okay. You even leave us. So first of all, everything he mentioned, we're going to link below in the show notes. We have to, cause I have yet to, li- I've yet to find some things out about you anyway. Right. So then I get to go find and discover myself and probably watch things that you created 10 years ago that still <laughs> have an impact. Cause my ass doesn't know how to create anything and let alone cook. So adaption to new platforms, and you also ended on a very powerful note, and I don't think you know how powerful that is, about staying relevant. And I'm typing this as I say this to him. As you guys know, I typically take notes as soon as our guests are on the show, and it's what builds the podcast, which is why I love that you guys are even tuning in and listening to these clicking buttons. But you say this. So you say staying relevant. A lot of us are trying to figure out how to do so with an oversaturated, crazy market in social media, let alone, you mentioned it earlier, creating anything, but getting to the TV shows, going to the networks and stream. These are all very sexy things, by the way, which we have to unpack later, uh, how unsexy it is to be a creator and run your own business. Think about it, Josh, right? Like uh, it's, it's, it's actually really hard, but to start us off now with that thought, right? To continue your thought rather staying relevant. Did you, is that something you saw and you were like, okay, this is how I'm going to end up staying in the game of, of content creation and entertainment media. Or was it more of like, oh God, at that, I just ended up staying relevant because I, I got lucky sticking to the right things. Well, you said luck is, it always has a play in this, no matter what, even in just in life in general, luck mm-hmm. is always a factor, one that you can never control. Right. So it's, it's an interesting thing. So but luck can fa- be favorable to you if you take the if you take opportunities, you take chances, and you really like just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sounds generic to say in a way, but the relevancy thing is back in back at the beginning of content creation as we know it, knew it. Um, if you were big on one platform, it automatically meant you were big on all platforms. Because it was just what it was so new, right? Mm. There wasn't a lot of people like using all these things. It was one pool of people at the time that were using everything. Now, sure. now every platform has its own ecosystem. Mm. So if you're big on one thing, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're big on another thing, which is good. In what ways, though? I I, I would assume it's bad, right? Okay, I'll tell you why it's good. It's good. It's good and bad. It's good because you can focus on one platform that you're really killing it on. Yeah. It's bad because it's your it's one source of revenue. It's one opportunity. You know, like multiple sources of income. It's one versus, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just one. The negative, yeah. Like that, that, like that girl said in in in. This is just such my ADHD brain is going off here. But you probably seen the movie Sisters. If not, mm-hmm. I don't have to. Okay, right. Hey, one. Yeah. Okay. 
That's all I had to say. Exactly. So um, the problem with today is you, you can't post one piece of content on all platforms, the same piece of content and expect like it's going to make you grow you. It doesn't work that way. You have to really lean into each platform. Mm, as a creator, especially. So you yeah. mentioned this idea like, okay, so consistently creating. For those of us who are listening, who do not, I mean, I did an IG real ad today and I liked it, but I don't care to do it continuously, but I would care to do it continuously if it brought in more revenue. So anybody who's listening right now, listen closely to what Josh is about to say on the other side of it. When you, if you just have a business lens on with us for a moment, where's the benefit to creating so much content and or hiring someone to do that? You know what I mean? Cause everybody's like content is King. Listen, I heard that shit 10 years ago and it is, and it always will be, but at the same time, you almost have to be so intentional, right? And 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 be purposeful with the content because there's a lot of cheesy content out there too. And I know you've seen it, not the grilled cheesy. I'm talking like cheesy. Both. Even right. cheesy grilled cheeses, like let's be real. <laughs> In your world, you know, but wouldn't you agree? It's like you do have to have somewhat of an intentional consistency track with the content you're creating. I just dropped this on someone the other day and I learned this term in my life before creation which was business which was pure like sales manager style and it's some people don't have any business in business <gasps> oh i love that yeah. yeah right 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 not everyone's a business person that's right so that's, that's okay most content creators have no business in business most which then means well you gotta hire a team you gotta there you go you know you're only as best as your like a a sales manager is not necessarily the best salesperson, but they're really good at getting them to sell. That's that's the same theory, basically. I love that theory. That's yeah. that's very that's true for all of us. I'll say this as a creator myself, like even in podcasting, I ain't got no business selling the show. Did I find myself selling the show? Yeah, it's stressful. It's very stressful. Anybody who's listening, it's the same thing Josh is doing. You created the content. You essentially have to go publish it, edit it. I'm sure at one point you were doing all of it. So speak to us for a little uh, uh, here for a moment before we get into the unsexiness of all of it. The idea of having to do it all so then you kind of know what to delegate, right? And you kind of know what to outsource. Like what was that journey like for you in terms of Josh Elkin, the creator, doing all of it by himself? And then slowly but surely, I have a gut feeling that you started outsourcing based on what you knew you were, you had no business doing. Yeah. Uh, when I was with the company before that kind of got us all started, we had a huge team. Everyone had a role. You stuck to your role. So I was in charge of ideating recipes and making them a reality. Like we, we had a group of 10, 10 guys, right? So we would come up, we would sit down and brainstorm ideas. Like, here's the list of ideas. Okay, well, the people who have no idea how to cook anything or make anything out of food are just throwing anything against the wall. And it's up to me to sort of like re make it real, right? That was all my job was. So when I left on my own, I had to really learn how to shoot, edit, like do voiceovers, make sure that the, the music is proper, whatever. And it was the most tedious thing ever. Because I didn't, I had to start from scratch. Really, the food part was the easy part. It doesn't matter what the food is if no one's looking at it. Like uh, it doesn't matter if it's a cool recipe if no one could see it, and if it's a if it's a garbage, like the light lighting is a, was a huge learning curve. If the lighting's not good, food 
is only as good as its lighting. Yeah, and you guys can go look at his Instagram for what he's talking about. I could look at your Instagram all day long because everything looks like it's so perfectly lit and and recorded and and eaten. And I'm, here I am salivating while I'm trying to give you compliments. You know what, Josh? You bring up another point, which is starting from scratch, which a lot of people don't care to do. And I love this idea that you say earlier, like you, some people don't have business in business. Some people don't have any business like doing their own thing either. And it's important to realize like, you know, quick story was the same situation for, for anybody, but like I left a job just like you did and you do have to just start, but then the things you learn along the way, that's where you get challenged. And so on your journey of being challenged, having started from scratch in in some sense, uh, where was the resilience getting built? Was it was it the mundane tasks? Was it the fact that you got FOMO because you couldn't go out as much because you really were working on that project and you were just like, you know what? Going out with friends is just not as important. What was that? What was the identifier that made you feel so resilient that led you to now having such what I believe is uh, success, which is probably still going to grow anyway? I, I had an opportunity. I gave myself like a window of opportunity. And I said, if this doesn't work, then I can easily restart in something else. And I gave myself that opportunity and I really back against the wall mentality. Like if this isn't going to work, like I need to know what my options are, but I have to give it everything. That meant going to things, meeting people, you never seen the movie. Yes, man. With Jim Carrey, like saying yes to everything. Of course. Cause you just never know. You just, especially when you say yes, what do you mean? What were you saying? Yes. To, for example, like, Hey, you know, uh, for example, Hey, insert product here. We don't really have budget, but like, we would love you to do this. We'll send you free product. Is that cool? And I, and my answer to that at the time was just opportunity cost. Right. So like, this is just an opportunity to get in front of brands. Mm. It's like one for you, one for me kind of thing, you know? Like I'll get, I will, I wasn't earning and it was easy for me to take the chance because before I left on my own, I really wasn't making that much money. I really wasn't doing that good. It was pure like learning whether or not I want to take it to the next step. And Mm. after I left there, I was like, I have to, I really want to, I've built this thing up. I have all these accolades personally that would almost be a waste, complete waste had I not taken that opportunity. I gave myself a specific amount of time, which was my working visa. So I was like, wow, before this expires, if it doesn't happen for me, I'm out. And you hit on an amazing and not to cut you off, please keep the thought too. And I want to hear the rest of it. It's just, it's so important to hit on the fact that like, I don't think we realize how privileged we are as Americans. And I'll say this as people who don't need a visa to make a living. And so I commend you. And I just want to make that very clear that that's, that is amazing to even hear out loud. I have so many friends from out of this country that are on working visas have told similar stories. And it is such a different way of, of building a timeline for yourself, meeting your own deadlines, fixing out what your paperwork looks like because you can switch jobs. And it is not that hard for someone who is already born in this country, already has American citizenship and can just go from you know, full-time to freelance, part-time to maternity. Like it's just not as complex. So anyway. Well, yeah. And being from Canada, like it's the easiest country. Right. 
for, right. for, to mix with America, to, to mix with the, with the US, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, we get visas for six months without even applying for anything. Sure. But this one was a five-year visa. So I gave myself that opportunity. Uh, I was lo very lucky, again, luck, right? Like the reason I quit that company is because I got an opportunity to host two seasons of a television show, which gave me a cushion to kind of screw around and test everything to see if anything would stick. I love so that. I, I set it up like that to like, and I'm not saying it worked right away. It really sure. did it. It really did it. But I was meeting people and I was saying yes to things and I was going to events and I was doing this, that, the other, and I was meeting good people. And through that, I, there were, there was a dozen times where I, I was like, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to work, but opportunity kept on coming up and it was, I was just doing it, you know? And what I realized halfway through that five years, like two and a half years into living here was that, oh, it's not about like, um, an end game. It's about, this is the game, like adapting and bobbing and weaving that's the game it's not like an end game it's like staying relevant is shifting and, and changing and modifying and evolving that's that and that was the aha moment oh my gosh i love how you can even remember that that's the question i asked because you've dropped so much so much value <laughs> here I'm typing away. Listen, you set yourself up in your environments for like success. I love this here. He he mentioned, you know, it's it's not about the end game. It is this is the game. How would you define the game? I mean, I I the the reason I ask is for me, I like to gamify things after I heard something from Rob Deerdick on this podcast. And I was like, ooh, gamifying things is actually really fun. But when you say game, what do you mean? Like, um, the sport of content creation right now and the sport of content creation a decade ago are like comparing the original six NHL team in the twenties to what we see today in 2023. Right. So it's like, is the game the same? Sure. It's still hockey. By the way, I'm not a hockey fan. Sure. It's still hockey, but it's like just compare the athletes to in the 1920 they're like, they look like me and you, you know, they're accountants. Yeah. And 2023, they're superhuman, you know, like LeBron James, 20 years in the league, the guy's yep. a specimen spending a million dollars a year on his body to be like 40 years old and still being the best in the world. It's like the same difference. You got to change. You got to invest adapt or die. I always say, um, you know, either you've, you evolve or you die. Like there's just no other way of doing it. I've seen it with the guys that I was doing stuff with. We we're the number one online cooking show in the world. We amassed 7 million sure. subscribers where it was the biggest at the time. We were top five in the world on YouTube. And now all of those guys are, irre are irrelevant. None of them are making uh, content anymore. You bring up a good point. And this could be for sports, entertainment, uh, we'll go back to business in a moment because I do think that you you may go back on that and say, but in business, uh, which I'll make sense of in a sec, but in uh, look at actors, look at, and I listen, I've interviewed all the washed up and I will never name them, but like 
it's when I say washed up, I just mean, it's like, okay, well, they're still struggling to get the next acting gig. You don't know until they say those things out loud, you know, same with creators. They create something massive and you great. You got on a TV show. That's amazing. I'm just happy you made a living off of it. Right. But as a friend of yours, then the great, that's what I'm happy for you for anybody else is just like, Oh, I've never heard of that. Or maybe I never saw that. So it's like, but, well, but what they do see is what you're doing now. Um, and the reason I say business earlier, Josh is there might be a small separation, right? You think of like staying relevant so that you don't, here he is drinking his AG1. I'm obsessed. Half the people sorry, come on this sorry. podcast. I love it. Um, and AG1, by the way, is like they used to sponsor this podcast, but um, Athletic Greens, uh, which we, you know the whole deal. It is like 75 things you can just put in your body. Okay, back to the point. The <laughs> The idea that business has to be separated from that, I believe is because traditionally, I don't know. And I want your thoughts. Business has to have somewhat of like a uh, less modern, more historical way of operating, if that makes sense. And then you just take what's trending or what's relevant and you mix it on top of that. Does that make sense? So for example, like a lot of people think, and the reason I'm trying to explain this and have you support it is because a lot of people think, okay, well, I'm going to go create a TikTok and make millions of dollars. You better be very careful with that. Because if you go blow up on TikTok and you have zero idea what it's like to outsource someone that's been working in the business world for, for a while, or go call your friends on Instagram and figure out how they monetize their platforms at the very beginning, 10 years ago, then like you will kind of burn out. No? A hundred percent. But you hit the nail on the head, like going viral. I, I hate that word so much, but getting a lot of attention doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't mean it never meant anything. Even back then, like people thought that you got a million views on a video in, on YouTube and you're rich. That's not the way it works. And the general public, the layman thinks that, and that's perfectly fine. There's never been more ways to make money online than there are today. And tomorrow there'll that's be more, right. but it doesn't matter if you don't know how, <laughs> right? It doesn't matter. So you could amass a killer following and you'll probably make a good amount of money. Yep. But if you have no business in business, you're not going to reach your potential. And Boom. if, and, and again, exactly what you said, it's not about like you knowing everything as the creator, but it's about you knowing what you, what you don't know and fitting and finding the people who do, you can't be like, you know, the, the old saying I'm dropping like such cliche shit here, but the uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. That's right. Right. Like that's, that's real. Still applies. Still applies. I literally tell myself that every day because I want to do everything on my own, but I know I cannot, I, or I could, but it'll be garbage. Mm. Right. I know what I'm good at. I want to focus on what I'm good at. And right now, 13 years later in my career, I have a team that does things that I cannot do, which is great. You know, edit, film, light, business management, I'm a creative person that kind of understands all those things, but let me just be creative. Mm. I like that you bring up Jack of all trades, master of none, but there was always the counter of that, which is it's always okay to know a little bit about everything. Nigel Barker episode, what, three on this podcast? It is smart business to know a little bit about everything, but be really good at one thing, right? Yours is creating, his is photographing, you know, mine is interviewing, done stay in that, know a little bit about what else is going on and try not to get overwhelmed. And so I want to ask you about like, 
the moments where you knew you were getting a bit overwhelmed with this idea that you wanted to do everything? Because that's the problem all of us struggle with. Don't you think? This is where this podcast goes from like entrepreneur to like personal development. Switching the category, switching the category in the middle of the episode with Josh Elkin. But imagine that's exactly what is overwhelming people day to day. They could be in a full-time job, but they're like, I want to launch my own business. I want to launch a book. I want to start an app with my husband to help this home life of mine be more organized. Like, oh my gosh, here's what I'll say. Keep it simple. So knowing that like, I think simplicity is the ultimate sign of sophistication, right? Now that you know that that's what I value, I just, I really want your thoughts, Josh. Like anytime you've been overwhelmed, have you like given yourself runway to say like, I can just do that in about five years, right? Or like, hey, like this is what I'm focused on now. Maybe I can put a little bit into that bucket. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's, it, it kind of, the creativity bleeds into that for me in the sense that I'll think, I'll be like, okay, I don't need someone to come here and teach me how to do lighting. I'll learn how to do lighting. So I'll spend a small amount of money trying to get as many things as I can to learn, to try, to test before doing it and realizing this is fine. Or I could have spent the same amount of money that I did get doing all that stuff and the time and hired someone to come and make it good, which I've learned over the years. Mm. How do you value time at this point, 13 years later? It's uh, invaluable. That's for sure. Uh, it's um, time is the, well, you know, to circle back to the whole concept of your podcast, like time is best used through routine, in my opinion. So mm. like, I know what my routines are. I'm very time oriented. I, I know things to the second for me and which is my, it's a gift and the curse. First of all, I'm never late ever. It's, it's like my, it's like, I learned that when I was first got into a corporate, when I was 24, like my boss, my mentor, my boss was like, look, there's only one thing you can control and that's tardiness. And if you think traffic is an excuse, leave earlier. <laughs> but my point is, is that uh, because time is so uh, important to me, uh, I would, what I, what I getting overwhelmed for me was getting upset at like stupid things, like a minute off here and there, or like I would lose patience because I didn't meet, I didn't finish something, a, a recipe by a certain time. So like it would trickle down to the fact that like later on my plans would be screwed because I had to finish this and that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it connects to me. So time for me is very, it's like, it's the basis of my anxiety when it comes to that type of stuff. Did I answer mm. your question? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm pulling for the 15 second soundbite at the top of this episode, actually. I <laughs> um, <laughs> see how my brain works. Your brain works very similarly. I like it. I like Folks, it. Folks, I listen very carefully as he drinks his AG1. Like, I listen and I go, yeah, that's what's going at the top of the show before you hear my little annoying voice tell you about this <laughs> podcast. And then we get into the episode itself. You know, uh, wow, first of all. Second, you bring up this idea that it's a blessing and a curse. Clearly, we've heard the blessing. What's the curse of making time so valuable in your life? Uh, for me, it's the uh, it's my it's it, it contributes to my lack of patience, which is the one number one thing I'm trying to work on as a human being right now. Mm. Because it bleeds into the burnout, 
And what I mean by that is like, I've gotten over the feeling like I need to post every day on a, on a platform. Wow. Right? And it's, it's the time thing. Like, I feel like I have to do it. So I rush it or I post something that's not good enough. And I know it isn't just to post it. And that's the whole patience thing. Like I have no patience. I need to do it. I, I instead of being patient and making it the best it could be, maybe taking a day or two, I'm like, ah, screw it. Put it out right now. Mm. Fully knowing it won't do as good as it should. My, my mental health brain is like, wait, so how does that affect you? Because and the reason I say my mental health brand, as you guys have known, like I started one podcast called Men of the Hour. We got to the routine project. Now we're going to Luminosity, which is all mental health. But this might be helpful for folks listening, especially in business practice or not. You know, you mentioned that it kind of debunks anxiety when you're so time calculated, but then now on the curse side, which is the exact opposite, you know, you're bringing up this amazing idea that concept rather, you know, when you, when you begin to practice your impatience, uh, you could then start overthinking about whether or not you even want to do that thing, AKA the posting of the social media that you just mentioned. And it's interesting because the two don't coexist one or the other, either you decide to do something or you don't. So where does intention fit into all that? Right. Do you, have you, have you spent all this time and probably still working on it really to evaluate assess, then act? And how do you do that? And especially in a routinely manner, right? Like take a day, for instance, of your work day. How are you making calculated decisions and then implementing it into your time uh, that's so calculated? It's, there's a lot, a lot in there that I was thinking of when you were saying that. Um, it's, it is interesting because the gift is the curse and the curse is the gift because it is, has everything to do with time and lack of anxiety and then increased anxiety. And for me, it's like a switch. Like it just happens. Like all of a sudden it's, and it's again, the timing I'm like, Oh God, it's three o'clock. Like I want to be working out in a half an hour and I still got all these dishes. And if I don't finish these dishes by a certain time, I'm not going to work out. And if I don't work out like, and that's what happens. Yeah. It's just like a life of a reality. time blocker. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I, I hear you. Yeah. And then ultimately like I think by the, by the end of the day, I just want to be hanging out and chilling. Like I, there's a, I'm nonstop from basically the second I wake up until I'm finished the dishes after dinner, then I can stop, have a glass of wine and just like <laughs> melt into the, into the couch, you know? Um, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's the perpetual, you know, like how, like we're always talking about this, like new cycle that's so fast and there's like something's in the news today and everyone forgets about it tomorrow. Social media is exactly the same way. You if get not a, worse. If not worse. You get a smash hit today and no one knows, no one cares the next day. Uh, you, right. I just, uh, here's what I'll say. And because in podcasting and content creation of what you're doing, it's like, then what? You know, I sometimes, you know, I was in the, in the barber this morning. My barber's just hanging out. Good barber is hanging, you know, great guy. I see him once a week or whatever. And I bring him up because simple guy. He doesn't care about social media, doesn't care about podcasts. He listened to some podcasts, listen to this podcast. Uh, so Johnny, hey, but you know, <laughs> wait, John on Johnny. So think about it this way. It's like the, you know, why did I say John on Johnny? You're Josh. See, this is like ADHD, uh, which <laughs> all of us in some shape or form relative to what you were just saying, we're all becoming attention uh, malfunctional, right? I will never diagnose anything, but it's like, we have many options. Too many things are happening all at once. And you do have to like simplify it. So can we talk about simplicity in your world of like 
creation chaos. Like, I bet that your calendar is booked and, and you have this filming and you got this interview. And now Justin's asking to be on this podcast. Like what behind all of this keeps you uh, grounded, I think is the right word. And, and somewhat able to tie that back into like a simple life at some point. Um, what keeps me grounded? I think, I think the most important thing for me to keep me grounded is just like, I kind of get dumbfounded at my, at what I'm doing sometimes because I have, I have a huge network back in Canada that like, I'm, I, I still talk to all the time and I've done so many things and have a, a large network of friends and family who all like are living there. They live all live great lives, but they're all living the life that I grew up with, like the same life. So, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I realized that I didn't necessarily want to do that. So I, chose this life of creativity and what really drives me is like rea realizing these ideas when my friends call me and they're like how the heck did you think to do this and it, it, every time that that's said to me whether it's like from a fan or a friend or whoever it makes me think how did I do that like I never thought I would be in this position I never thought I'd be able to like earn a living off of creativeness because I just it was never in the cards for me I never wanted to be an actor I never didn't I never worked in a restaurant I never like was an artist I just I always liked creating I just never knew that it was a thing yeah that's amazing it's yeah. like you kind of you were able to see what you didn't plan on seeing which goes to your earlier point of this is the game that's powerful I'm not talking about video games listen i used to love final fantasy and uh my brother used to love all the other like you know big man games i was playing final fantasy and like other stupid stuff anyway uh, great franchise great franchise yeah. uh so yeah. you get it i know i know those rpgs yes you know, I think times are changing and you bring up so many great points today alone that like the never ending cycle of how people are going to continue to make a living, I think is a great next point, you know, and, and Josh, why do you think people get out of what you're doing? I mean, there's a ton of reasons. The number one reason is probably financial. It's not easy to start from scratch, especially today. Yeah. Um, I think burnout is a huge one for sure. Just like getting sick of the same thing over and over again. And, you know, that sort of thing. I think uh, it's a it's a bit lonely, too, sometimes, you know, just creating wow. for social media um, or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Or anything, really. And if you if you if you're not OK with yourself, then it'll certainly be tough. For sure. Um, it's also very unconventional. I mean, I guess now the kids, Gen Z, this is like they want it. This is what they want to do. They want to be content creators, all the Gen Z. But like for people are, I don't know how old you are, but for people my age and, you know, born in the 80s and 90s, um, like you, you just, 
it's not easy. It's like if you don't know the internet and you don't know how to make a business, you can't do it. So you mm. just leave. you if you become famous or you get a lot of views or whatever, you, your instant thing is, all right, I need a manager, I need an agent, I need to make and merch, I need to right. write a cookbook. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Well, listen, I think you bring up a massive point. This is probably one of the best episodes of of this podcast, actually. Now that now we're wow. like I'm just thinking in terms of the conversations and how they've been woven and, and and provide value. I mean, listen, if you're younger listening to this and considering doing your own thing, what Josh just said is so eternally valuable because at the end of the day, you can go find a lot of these answers. If you want to be a business person, a content creator, you know, whatever. But then your other point was also great. Actually, let me finish that thought. It's like, you can find these answers on like podcasts, YouTube, like talking to people that have done it. Those are the tools, you know? But then the other thing you hit on, which is like, you know, a lot of people will just start looking for representation or just the next financial opportunity out of what they believe has been built overnight success or just any form of success, really. And the the fault to that is there's one thing, in it, and I love tying this back to what you said earlier. There's one thing to saying, you know what, I know a little bit about that. I'm going to I'm going to hire someone efficiently uh, uh, in an efficient manner to just do that. But I could do it if I wanted to, to your point about lighting. Then you have people who, be it their fault or not, oh, I don't want to handle that. I'm a little scared that if I did that, I, I might mess it up, you know, or I might feel a little bit, uh, uh, it's just not what I'm passionate about. So someone else can handle that. And what they fail to realize is that no matter what in business, people need to make money. And sometimes when you outsource and you get representation, it's never in your best interest. So number one, you may not see the results you want, right? AKA agents and salespeople who work on commission. Like I've done it. And I, I don't work hard if I'm not incentivized. So then there's your answer, folks. Then you have the other one, which is like someone that is just on your team. No one's going to love what you're doing as much as you. And one of the first questions I asked Josh on this podcast earlier before we recorded, do you consider yourself a solopreneur? Said yes. There you go. It's just, it's so, and I said, we would go to this now. So as a solopreneur, someone who's kind of like, Sure, you worked here and you've contracted this gig and you've hosted that show, but it's still you. This is all Josh Elkin, right? And and then that's what I want people to know today. It's like when you have a brand, doesn't mean you got to go make tens of millions of dollars. Doesn't mean you have to be a YouTuber or a, a founder that's on CNBC Prime every other week. That's not the point. This is y'all's game. And if you have an identity or if you have identified that you want to make your brand, your business, Josh. How does one go about that in, in a, in a, now that you've learned so many lessons? Well, first of all, I, like I said, I've been doing this for 13 years and only a year and a half ago did I sign with someone for the first time. So that's an example of the reason I did that was because I was making the money and I thought it was okay. And I was scared to give percentage to someone else. I was a salesman before, so I know yeah, they're motivated by money, which is okay. That's totally fine. I'm motivated by money. I'm not going to deny that. I know what, what I am, mm -hmm. and, but it, I waited until I felt like I could, I wasn't able to earn what a manager or agent could earn for me. So it was a scary thing. But once I did that, my business quadrupled. So the percent that I was giving them was still three times the amount I was making on my own. It was a no-brainer. 
Mm. Right. That's right. Um, sorry. Remind me of the question again. I, th- I think I answered it, but you did. And because your host has ADHD, I don't remember the question. Cause what you Perfect. just said is an amazing pivot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a solopreneur question. I was joking until I actually found what the question was in my head. <laughs> it, was, it was it was when I knew I was yeah. it when I knew how to to get someone. Yeah, or just like starting, you know, like starting after having known everything that you know. You know what I mean? And for anybody that wants to go build on your brand, essentially, you and what you do, what you're what you're capable and skilled at, what you're passionate about, that all is very much inclusive, right? If those three things alone, if you can identify what you care about, what you're good at. And what you know can be monetized, right? Yeah. Then you kind of got a business there, you know. And 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 because it's like an entrepreneur podcast, of course. But at the same time, uh, yeah, there's just there's so much there that you've even hit on um, in answering that that just makes a lot of sense for folks. So thank you. Um, you yeah, you just you've you've kind of proven a couple of things just in like the content creation space, but I want to switch gears here for a moment, just to kind of get an idea as to what your runway looks like. I've learned recently, and a lot of us probably have after hearing podcasts like this, you know, it's, you got to kind of have a long-term goal. And I know that sounds overwhelming, but what is your long-term goal that gets you through the mundane and the annoying and sometimes tedious routines of your work days? So like, I got to tell you, Right now I'm in like a weird transition where I don't even know because I had, I had goals up until a certain point and then I met them and then I was like in the pandemic and my goals were sort of like behind me. I was just like, let's just get past this pandemic mm-hmm. and then we'll figure mm-hmm. out what, what happens after that. You know, do I mean, you think I have any, like, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, do you think anybody in the pandemic thought we're going to get out of this and this is my game plan, you know? Because I think all of us were pretty struck and shocked and traumatized. But I imagine the person was sitting there going, yeah, out of this pandemic, this is what's going to happen. And we're going to go right back to work, baby. Yeah, right. I mean, I was just, I remember being in the middle of it and being like, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel here. And it was really scary stuff. So that kind of like made me reevaluate um, a a master plan, a a long-term goal. I really don't even have it. Other than some superficial things like, you know, like I want to have like multiple dwellings and stuff like that. But like, ultimately, that's not like a goal. So let me switch the question. No, I think that's very honest. And thanks for telling us that because we don't know until I ask. Right. So let me switch the question now. It's it's more of where do you want this to go? Where do you want your brand, everything you've built, what you're currently building behind the scenes that you probably can't disclose to us? Uh, Where do you want all of that to go? Um, I want to be a, uh, I, I, as I'm saying it, I feel like I, I kind of am in the middle of it, but I want to be like a voice of the OG generation of content creation. It's very rare to see someone that started at the same time as I did and still be doing stuff like regularly. And I only think this way because the new breed of content creators that are out there right now, like they hit me up constantly because their brother, their older brother or sister was a fan of what I did back in 2010, you know, and now they're 20 and they're famous on TikTok and they don't know how to turn a dollar. So that's where like, I kind of, I kind of realized like, I want to be a voice to that. I want to talk on experience and, and share experiences to not necessarily be like a, a a self-help or like a helping 
person, but more so like a tool for those who want to like use me. You know what I mean? Wow. I've not heard it like that. You know, anybody who would have said something mildly similar to what you just said uh, in terms of helping people would have went down oh, life coach and oh, author and yeah. which are like, you know what? I got a different plan. I love that for you and for anybody that's going to be able to use your tool because the whole point is to have somewhat of reason or purpose with what you're building. And you answered that so amazingly. And I can only imagine you're right. And listen, I'm 26. I was born in 96. And I still think it is so important to get off your cell phone. I don't have a TikTok. I don't want a TikTok. Um, and there's like the old, old soul in me and, and some in you. I don't know if many people and, and children and teens and young adults that are growing up in the next generations, I don't know if old soul is even a term anymore. And I say that on this podcast, because I'm sure our demo can appreciate it. But at the same time, I don't want that to get lost. So I appreciate that, that you, you even have that lens because there is something to be said of, Hey, y'all slow down, you know, and, and, and ignorance is bliss, but also like ambition is also bliss. Like we have to slow down what's happening in social media and content creation to an extent where people can realize kind of what's happening, you know, and, 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 you know, as things get monopolized and it's the, and I can get on this whole track around where I believe social is going to go, but it's not about my opinions. It's about Josh Elkin. So then like you're, you hit on a great point. It's like, you want to be a tool and a resource for people and I see you giving a TED talk. I see you going to college campuses. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's really cool. Yeah, because I, I only think like that now because of the constant calls and and um, just like Feedback. queries. People ask me, like people who are infinitely larger than I am on all platforms who are have amassed insane followings. They're like, I didn't know this is what you did and you're still doing it. I, first of all, I'm 40, just so you know. And they're like, I used to like, how are you still doing this? Like, it doesn't like, what are you doing? And I, and I tell them, I give them not, it's not wisdom. It's just experience. If you think mm. it's wisdom, that's great. But I had this, I had someone hit me up not long ago and said, I did this, I did that. And now I have to go and get a manager. And I said, look, that's that's awesome. And I told him exactly what I told you. Like, I've been doing this for 13 years and I just signed with a manager a year ago. And they look at me with their jaws to the floor like, what do you mean? I thought this is what I have to do. And that's the tool. That's the it's it's a it's it's um it's a it's um advice through experience for these people. But I, I that's it. That's all it is. You know, that's all it is because I'm still doing it. I'm still changing constantly. And that's how you stay relevant is you bob and weave with the times. Mm. I didn't want to do a TikTok either. Trust me. I resisted, but then I did. I blew up. It took, it brought a whole other source of revenue and, and uh, level of business to my, my business. Mm -hmm. And folks, he's talking just for social. Think about it, you know, social and then social networking, right? YouTube, whatever. It's like, but then you have the other part of life, which is off of those platforms, which I wanted to leave some time to talk to you about, because as someone who's creator, creating creative all the time, uh, where does the rest of your life exist? How would you explain to us how Josh Elkin is away from a camera, a microphone, a TV screen, you know? Full, full transparency, I, it's hard. Work-life balance is hard when you're a solopreneur. It really is. 
Uh, I'm also married. So that doesn't, that, it's another like thing. Um, but it's a, just like your career and bobbing and weaving and adapting or dying, it, it, you know, your life balances the same thing over the years. Your, your interests change. I used to mm. love playing basketball every other day. I, I just physically can't do that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, but I work out every day. Um, I, what's important to me is like getting my heart rate up and getting endorphins rather than dopamine hits. Um, you know what I mean? Like rather than scrolling, I'd rather sure. like feel energized and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I, Part I don't of his really, routine, by the way. Exactly. hundred percent. Uh, I don't really like traveling. Um, but I want to, which is weird. Mm. So I'm trying to like figure that out. Um, and again, back to the burnout thing, like instead of feeling like I need to do this every single day on this like ha hamster wheel, quality over quantity, like quantity is good if you're trying to like get on the radar and all that sort of stuff. But I've done all that already. And I, well, I, I want to jump off the hamster wheel. So I'm in the process of kind of like a transition in work-life balance to answer your mm. question. Mm hmm. And I'll leave some routine questions too. You guys are probably thinking like, all right, you guys have mentioned routines twice. We want to know Josh's like routines. We're going to keep it to the end of the show. Trust me. Uh, the, wow. Why don't you like traveling? I don't like, it's not that I don't like going to places and being in other places. It's the physical act of getting there that stresses me out. You don't really look forward to it. No. Mm, same. But I love I going to places. I love being in different places. Right. So you and I should really go create a telepathic or teleportation thing. Oh, I've been thinking about it since Star Trek in the 80s. Just call Tesla, tell them to clone Elon <laughs> Musk first. So we need a cloning machine. Then we will do the teleporting machine. If anyone, you know. You know, this world's going in such an interesting place. And I'm glad you've taken some time to help us remind ourselves that it is so valuable to stop and slow down and get off the hamster wheel. I might very well name your podcast episode that, but I could also name it 900 other things that we've talked about. I even wrote down here, the sport of content creation and learning to stay relevant. I also wrote something as setting yourself up and your environments for your success. Uh, you know, reaching your potential through everything that you've learned over the years. I don't know. There's so many great things you've hit on. And folks, I recap because we have so many minutes left. This guy's very busy. Can you walk us through your daily routine uh, in a, that encompasses everything in addition to drinking AG1 at 4 p.m. and Pacific? You know? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, it's a very interesting routine. My wife and I wake up early, seven o'clock. Uh, we watch about a half an hour of television in bed together while having <laughs> wow. coffee. Yeah. Um, and that's like a just don't want to jump right into life type of thing. Wow. I love that. Um, yeah. So we do that. Uh, and I make a pot of coffee for us and then, uh, she works from home as well. So we kind of separate for the whole day. I go down into the garage where you see me right now. Uh, and my garage is split up into three sections. I have a gym, I have a, a kitchen studio adjacent to me over here. And then I have my office battle station over here. I come, I sit down. I, uh, do like internet stuff in the morning, check up on some news, uh, look at my calendar, answer any emails that might've come through the night or from the East coast. And then I'll, uh, look over all the <laughs> trims that I have for the videos. So basically I have, a uh, uh, one of my team members, uh, Jeff <clears throat> takes all the raw footage that we film every day and then he'll cut it down and put it into different timelines. So that it's easy for me to sift through to like put it into place to make a video. 
And then every day. Yeah, every day. Oh, talk about routines. And then he'll come over at noon and we'll shoot something for two hours. Anything. Or do you guys have a production sheet with all the stuff? So I wanted to talk about that earlier. We do. I do have a list, a production list, but when a, an opportunity comes in, like a brand deal, I kind of have course, to like it's amazing. place it in there. Mm-hmm. Plus being hyper creative. If uh, 90 time, 90% of the time I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I look at my wife, I'm like, what do you think of this idea? But and that's I'll, why it's so important to lay down for 30 minutes, drink coffee with your wife in bed, right? Yeah. And I have to do it. I have to do it that day. So I go and I, and I, I go to the grocery store every single day. So in the interim of like my, my Jeff coming over and me like going through everything, I'll go to the grocery store. It's, it's mostly not because I have to. I genuinely love going to the grocery store. <gasps> Angela Johnson said that on this podcast. You guys, you and this is an Angelino thing. You guys love the grocery store. I love it so much. It's my Which grocery place. store do you go to? I live in the middle of seven of them. So you get to pick from any of the lucky sevens. That's amazing. Yeah, I have organic. I got Trader Joe's. I got Whole Foods. I got Ralph's Vons, Smart and Final. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, then we'll shoot for two and a half hours. I'll clean everything up by 3.30. I'm working out for an hour and a half. Five o'clock, I sit down and I chill for 30 minutes. Then I make dinner. It takes me to about eight o'clock. And then I'm melting into the couch for the rest of the night. That's right. Wow, with this glass of wine. I love this routine. I I'm, it's probably it has to be one of the best ones, if not the best on this podcast. Josh Elkin, I'm so glad you came on this podcast. Hey, if you've heard anything that was valuable, dude, of course. Are you kidding me? Like I my brain is like on fire. <laughs> the if you've heard anything that was valuable, it'll surely be in the show notes. Uh nonetheless, everything that Josh is up to. And I can't believe I said John on Johnny. I was like, oh, my Berber Johnny. And then I looked at, I was like, no, just because it's a four letter that starts with J does not mean John is John. I, I Josh. thought you were, you were saying something. I was like, oh, what's, what's John on Johnny? Is that like another podcast you're coming up with? No, it's, it's the next <laughs> restaurant you and I are going to create together. So <laughs> Josh Elkin, thank you for coming on the podcast, dropping everything that you did. It was so valuable. And if you tuned in, thank you for clicking play uh, your listenership and either clicking on this one one time, coming back for more episodes, all the things that you do. Uh, if you'll be sure to make sure you keep following Josh, even if you came from his side of the house or ours, just can't thank you enough for listening. There's a million podcasts out there, but I promise you this one we just did with Josh drops a lot of value. So be sure to share it with people because that also means the world to the show and the growth of it. Josh, thank you. Thank you. Really nice meeting you. It's Justin again, and that concludes today's episode. I hope you learned something new or exciting about routines or at least took something away from the guest I had on the show. Now I've got plenty more episodes coming up on this podcast, so be sure to click that follow button wherever you're listening. Oh, and you know how it goes. The show only gets better when I hear from you. So drop a rating and review and let me know what you loved and maybe what we can do better on this podcast to keep you coming back each week. Now, until I get that next episode to you, start building the routines that matter most to you and inspire others to do the same. 